coming up. Y'all been here? <laughs> that God fixed one problem, and because your attitude wasn't right, you got another problem? Somebody ought to say amen. amen. Some, amen. Somebody ought to say amen. Yeah. He had prayed about a problem. God shows up, has a solution for his problem, and he didn't have the right mindset about the prayer he had for his problem and whether or not God was going to fix it or not. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. So often, preparation for Christmas involves lights and decorations, shopping for gifts, and preparing the perfect meal. But Christmas has a much deeper meaning than all of these things. In the message series, Preparing Our Hearts for Christmas, We'll learn how true preparation begins with having hearts full of hope, joy, peace, and love. This is especially important today with how COVID-19 has dramatically changed our lives. One change has been our inability to gather together with one another. So let's join Pastor Rob and his wife Carolyn from their home as they bring God's message. Here's the first message in the series, Filling Our Hearts with Hope. You're all set um, to get into um, today's message and to walk with us as we prepare our hearts for Christmas. Amen. Today's um, um, subtopic, as uh, we've already mentioned, is surrounding hope. And the topic is filling our hearts with hope. Filling our hearts with hope. Um, the, the idea here as we move through this message is that um, since uh, the celebration of our Lord's coming um, provides us hope and we're, we're approaching that day that we choose to celebrate it, then the idea is if we can start to be hopeful now, yeah. if we can start to um, infuse hope into our hearts now, um, as we approach the celebration of the day, then that hope will increase and be magnified. And Christmas will be a very, very hopeful moment this year for us. And so I want to invite you to walk with us as we begin this process to fill our hearts with hope. So on your outline, write this down, please. A, three things that can help prepare our hearts for Christmas. Three things that can help prepare our hearts for Christmas. There are more than three, but I'm going to share with you today three things that can help prepare our hearts. The first is God's purpose. Write that down. God's purpose. God's purpose. There is and was a purpose for Christ's coming. And here in 1 John 3, 5, it says to us, but you know that that he appears, speaking of Christ, so that he might take away our sins. Mm, I think I ought to read that again. Mm -hmm. This is something none of us should ever get tired of hearing. Okay. Mm -hmm. It says again, but you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. Amen 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 to that. I know you can say amen to that. 
Uh, for we all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Yes. And so the fact that Christ shows up to take away our sin, our greatest burden, mm -hmm. our greatest debt, mm -hmm. our greatest issue, he came to take it away is a reason to be hopeful. And is it a reason to shout? It is a reason to praise. It is a reason for us to give God honor that he's due, yes. that he came and God, and for that sole purpose, the primary purpose of his coming is to take away our sin. Thank you, Jesus. Amen to that. Amen. Amen. And the second thing um, that can prepare our hearts for Christ is life's problems. Life's problems. Life's problems. I know you have some and have had some and will have and some. Have some more, right? And have some more. And so life's problems yes. can prepare our hearts for Christmas. Mm. We're going to use a couple of biblical characters as case studies for us to look at how their problems prepared their hearts mm -hmm. for the first Christmas day. Okay. And so um, we're going to look at Zechariah, um, who is the father of John the Baptist, and Joseph, um, the earthly uh, well, not the earthly, but the uh, positional <laughs> earthly father, I'll yeah. say it that way, <laughs> of Jesus, yeah. Yeah. Um, though he wasn't his biological father. Mm -hmm. And so here, first, we're going to look at Zechariah. Luke um, 1, 13, 20 um, says this. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. Okay, I want to pause for a minute right there <laughs> on this, because I think we can all relate to Zechariah in one way or the other. Amen. Uh, the angel says to him, don't be afraid. So we can relate right there that we all have been afraid at some point in life. <laughs> Okay, and I want to make sure we're making that connection with Zechariah. We're walking with him. We all have been afraid at some point in life. Yes. So the angel says, don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. And then he says, your prayer has been heard. Mm -hmm. First of all, the fact that he's praying about something says he had a problem. Right. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> he said he had made a request. The angel comes and tells, tells him that your prayer has been heard. So he had a problem he was praying about. Right. And then he gets more specific about that. He says, your wife, Elizabeth, mm -hmm. will bear you a son and you are to call his name John. So his prayer and his problem was that he and his wife had no children. Yeah. And this created some social issues for them. Um, because for them to be the age they were, and we'll see later, they were they were well up in age. Mm -hmm. Um and not to have children was a, a, a was made them uh, socially uh, ridiculed. Um, being uh, barren and not have not being able to have children wasn't something that was you know socially looked looked upon in a good way. Yeah, yeah. And so this was a problem so much that Zechariah prayed about it. Mm -hmm. He prayed to have a child, and the angel says to him, "Your prayer has been heard." Mm -hmm. Uh, so we can relate to that. We've 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 prayed about problems mm -hmm. and we I'm, I, I trust that you have had some of your problems addressed and heard by God. So we hopefully you're walking with us now as we talk about Zechariah and he tells him you ought to call your son 
John. Then verse 14 reads on, he will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Ain't that great news? That's great news. Um, it's, it's, it was great enough news for Zechariah to hear that he's going to have a child. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, the angel tells him, your child is going to do some great stuff. Yeah. Not great stuff just in an earthly sense. He says, no, this your child will be filled with the Holy Spirit before birth. Ooh, ooh, that ought to make somebody shout. That yes. ought to, that ought to. Yes. I, I just was crying the other day at my son's wedding. <laughs> and yes. and it had a lot to do with this, this what we're talking about right now, this whole idea. Because I realized after we had performed, had had the ceremony and everything, that and and the things that had occurred during the ceremony, and I was watching this glow on my son, I realized that God had answered my prayer. Yes. Yes, he did. And the very thing that I wanted the most when we found out we were expecting, mm -hmm. I just wanted him to know God. Yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> that was my, Amen. That was my yes. primary desire to know God yes. and, and live life with him as his savior. Yes. That was my primary and to love God and to be a godly man. Amen. That was my desire. Yes. And I realized after the wedding and, and everything, like I said, everything that had transpired, it had hit me in a way that it hadn't hit me before mm -hmm. that he's become what I had desired from the very beginning of his conception. It's true. It's true. We prayed. We and prayed it, for that. it caused it, we prayed for that. Yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it caused me to weep uncontrollably. Yes. Yes. So I can relate to Zechariah yeah. about his son. That was a spirit filled ceremony. It was spirit filled yeah. for sure. Amen. And by the way, congratulations, Scott's too. Scott's too out there. <laughs> <laughs> and then the text goes on and tells us. Verse 16, he will bring back many people of Israel to the Lord, their God. Mm -hmm. uh, that deserves a shout, too. Yeah. Okay. Man. He's going to cause people to come back to God. And 17, verse 17 says, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children mm. and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Amen. Oh, we need to pause oh, on that one. Pause there. All yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Not only let just, I, I hope you're walking with us now, walking with Zechariah here mm. and his answer prayer. His son going to do great things. His son is going to prepare the way mm -hmm. for the Lord, the birth of Christ. He's going to prepare the way and he's going to be a part of the process of bringing people back to Jesus. Yes. And he's going to get God's people prepared for the news. Lord's coming. That is outstanding, great, excellent, exquisite <laughs> news to all hear of that, all right? of that Amen. about your son. Yeah. And so um I know that you can relate where Zechariah is here. Mm -hmm. And then verse 18 goes on to say, 
And this is where Zacharias um, problems, he, he got another problem. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. So verse 18 says, Zechariah asked the angel, how can, how can I be sure of this? Mm -hmm. I am old. I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, mm. which will come true at their at their appointed time. Amen. All right. Y'all been here <laughs> that God fixed one problem. And because your attitude wasn't right, you got another problem. <laughs> somebody ought to say amen. Amen. Some, amen. Somebody ought to say amen. Yeah. He yeah. had prayed about a problem. Mm -hmm. God shows up, has a solution for his problem, and he didn't have the right mindset about the prayer he had for his problem and whether or not God was going to fix it or not. And it created another problem. And that problem said made him not able, not be able to talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now he got a problem. Right. That's a problem. Okay. And and again, he had a problem that got fixed, but his attitude caused him to get another problem. And the angel was very clear about why he was going to not be able to speak. It was because you did not believe yeah. what God had said. He didn't believe. He didn't believe. Mm -hmm. okay. So, uh, hopefully you 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 are connecting here with Zechariah. All right. So life's problems, we're going to see, can prepare you for Christmas. All right. And the, the angel used this problem of not being able to speak to get Zechariah prepared for the first Christmas. Mm -hmm. That's why we're looking at him as a case study today. All right. And so now let's look at uh, uh, Joseph as a case study. Okay. Matthew 1, 18 through 21. It says this. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. All right, let me pause here and just make sure we're tracking. All right. So that's a problem. <laughs> Joseph was engaged to marry this woman, Mary. She ends up pregnant and he know he didn't have nothing to do with it. Right. Okay. I think that's a problem. That's a life problem right there. Yeah. All right. And so Joseph was a good man, though. He, he didn't want to disgrace her. He was going to quietly, you know, end the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, but he, you know, he was a good guy, but that's a problem. That's a problem. Yes. You, what you mean you pregnant? That's right. I mean, can, can you relate right. to Joseph on that? Mm -hmm. What you mean? We, we ain't done nothing. Right. <laughs> or we haven't done anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so he had a problem here, but look what happened. Verse 20 goes on to say, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid 
to take Mary home as your wife. Mm -hmm. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Yes. Amen. 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 So we see the angel showed up to Joseph mm -hmm. to deal with the problem he had to get Joseph prepared for the very first Christmas. Mm -hmm. Life's problems can prepare us for Christmas. Yes, they can. If our attitude is right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we see that here in Zechariah and Joseph and God being intent on getting them prepared for the very first Christmas. The third thing that can prepare us, prepare our hearts for Christmas, is God's promises. God's promises. Mm -hmm. Luke 1, 67 through 71 says, and again, this is back to the story of Zechariah. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Okay, I'm going to pause right there because we skipped through a bunch of stuff here. So I wouldn't have to read it to you, but I'll tell you about it. Mm -hmm. So you, as we read before, Zechariah was, wasn't able to talk. And, um, and so at this point, his son had been born. Mm -hmm. And it was the eighth day and time for him to be circumcised according to the law. And this was also the time that they were going to give uh, John the baby a name. And so what happened here was they tried to name, they wanted to name the child Zechariah. Uh -huh. And then Elizabeth, uh, John's mother, Zechariah's wife said, no, his name shall be John. They said, well, nobody in your family is named John. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so then they started to motion to the father because he couldn't speak <laughs> to get him to see what he wanted to name him. Right. And he told them to name him. He they gave him something to write with. He wrote it and he wrote John. And everybody was amazed yes. because there was no way that they could be in cahoots on that. Right. Right. And so um, they were amazed. And so at the moment that he wrote John, then his mouth was able to open. Mm -hmm. You know why? <laughs> Because his heart was ready now for Christmas. He was <laughs> yeah, ready. He was ready he was now. Ready to receive the he Savior, was ready. Right? He was ready. Yeah. And so right here we're reading with him speaking. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm gonna read it again. Luke's 1 67 through 71 says, mm -hmm. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant, David, just as he promised through the holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. You notice what Zechariah said once his mouth was opened again. Mm -hmm. He said, God has done exactly what God said he would. He started speaking some sense. He started right? speaking some sense. <laughs> exactly. Yes, amen. God has done what he said he would. Mm -hmm. So God's promises yes. can prepare our hearts for Christmas. Mm -hmm. So it took that for Zechariah to get ready 
problems, life's problems, and God's promises got Zechariah ready for the very first Christmas. And he said, yeah. God did exactly what he said he would through the prophets. That's good. And then let's look at, um, back look at, back look again at the story with Joseph, Matthew mm -hmm. 1, 22 through 25. Okay. It says this, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. You see that? Mm-hmm. Everything that happened with Joseph took place to fulfill what God has said through the prophets. That's God's promises. Verse 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Now, remember, Joseph, the angel spoke to Joseph in a dream, mm -hmm. right, about for him to marry Mary and that not to be afraid about it. And when he awakened out of his dream, out of when he awoken, mm -hmm. then he the, he did exactly what the Lord has said. Because he was prepared for Christmas, for the very first Christmas. Amen. And verse 25 says, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Amen. 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 Like he was supposed to. Like he was supposed to. <laughs> Amen. So we see with Zechariah and Joseph that life's problems and God's promises mm -hmm. got them prepared for the very first Christmas. And I suggest to you today that life's problems in conjunction with God's promises can get you prepared for Christmas as well. Amen. 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 All right. Be on your paper. Write this down. Proper preparation for Christmas produces hope in the human heart. Mm -hmm. Proper preparation for Christmas produces hope in the human heart. So in all those things that you guys talked about, there's mm -hmm. a there's an a, an opportunity for us to produce hope in the human heart in those areas of people who are dealing with some of those problems. Yeah. All right, Ephesians 2 and 12 says this. Remember that at a time at that time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. Hmm. So we see right here that uh, everybody don't have hope. Hmm. In fact, there was a time that you and I did not have true hope. As my wife alluded to earlier and was talking about, we're not talking about the hope that we loosely use right. in our language yes, today. Yes. That's not what we're talking about. I know, yeah. I know some of y'all Niner fans are hoping they win this week. <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> but uh, you know, and so you just you hope it, you know. Yeah. But mm -hmm. um, you know, and and you know that. You know, it's not a, like a real true expectancy, you know, because I. Well, if you talk to some of them, they might say it is true expectancy. Well, they, they got a tough game this week. So, you know, they got a tough game. So it's, it's just that wishful thinking right, kind of hope. Right. We're not talking about that kind of hope. Yeah. We're talking about true, tr honest expectancy. Mm hmm. 
and that there's a reason for you to expect that. Yeah. It's not just, you know, what you want or desire. Mm -hmm. That's not the right. hope we're talking right. about. Mm -hmm. And so here, this text is telling us, first of all, one, again, that we there was a time that you and I did not have hope. Mm -hmm. Okay, And also it tells us that everybody does not have true hope. For it explains to us that if you're separated from Christ, yeah. you don't have real hope. Wow. You don't have real hope. Mm -hmm. And we all were there at some point where we were separated from Christ mm -hmm. and we did not have real hope. Mm -hmm. And we were at that point foreigners to the covenants of God. Yeah. And we were, as the text clearly tells us, without hope. Mm -hmm. Without hope and without God. That's where we were. That's a bad situation to be in. That's a bad situation. Yeah. And there are many people out there who are in that situation. Mm -hmm. And as uh, followers of Jesus Christ, we've been commissioned. Uh, we've been commanded to be ministers of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. That we want to make sure that people have true hope. Mm -hmm. So preparing our hearts for Christmas produces hope mm -hmm. in the human heart. And it starts with our hearts. Yeah. And so I want to give you a few ways that it produces hope in the human heart. Number one, it produces hope for the future. Mm. It produces hope for the future when we prepare our hearts for Christmas. Jeremiah 29, 11, very familiar passage says, mm -hmm. for I know the plans I have for you. This is God speaking, mm -hmm. declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Amen. You Amen. see that? If we prepare our hearts for Christmas, mm -hmm. um, then hope will be produced in our heart. And we see God has a plan. He has mm -hmm. a plan to give us hope and a future. Amen. So we need to be getting ready for what God has planned for us. The future God has planned for us. Mm -hmm. And when our heart is hopeful, we're getting ready. We're prepared. It produces this type of hope in us. The second thing um, that uh, getting prepared for Christmas produces in the human heart, it produces hope for justice. Mm. Uh, some of you said that one of the problems in the world is injustice. That's right. And so uh, we get our hearts prepared. It produces hope for, for justice. Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6 says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, mm -hmm. a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. Yeah. Needless to say, Jeremiah is talking about Christ our Lord. This yes, is a yeah. prophecy about the coming or the first advent of the Lord. Amen. And so, and God declares mm -hmm. that because of this prophecy and his word and promise that there is hope for justice. So when we prepare our hearts for Christmas, there's hope for justice in our hearts. This is something not to take lightly because all of us at some point have experienced 
some form of injustice. Mm -hmm. It might have just been that whooping you got when you was a kid <laughs> for something you didn't even do. Yeah. <laughs> your brother yeah. or your sister had did it. and But your mother or your father thought you did it and gave you the beating. Mm -hmm. I know I'm guilty as a father. My son got one of them stories to tell that he got a whooping and he didn't even do anything. He told me once about it. I, I told him, I said, well, that's, <laughs> well, that's for the time that you will do something. <laughs> and where did you get that from? Your parents, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so y'all may be in the same boat because I know I got a couple whoopings as a kid and I hadn't done anything or got punished, put on punishment or whatever. And so, um, so we've all experienced some degree of injustice. And so, uh, getting our hearts prepared uh, will produce hope for justice because we know that Christ came to bring justice and to make things right. And so we can get our hearts prepared. The third thing that um, can get our hearts prepared and hope is it produces hope for redemption. Mm -hmm. It produces hope for redemption. Luke 24, 21 says, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Mm -hmm. Now, this passage comes to us after Christ had been crucified mm -hmm. and had risen. And Jesus had met with these two guys walking on the road to Emmaus and was having a conversation with them. And they was telling him about uh, Jesus was, they didn't recognize who Jesus was. And he, Jesus was asking them about what's, what's happening in the city. He said, where you been? You've been living under rock. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> Basically he said to Jesus, he said, haven't you heard about all this great news? Yeah. And in that conversation, they said to Jesus, we had hoped, we had hoped. <laughs> that Jesus would be the one to redeem Israel, the one to make things right again for Israel, to redeem Israel, restore Israel back to their place and get them, you know, back to where they were in, in life and on earth and their place of ruling and their mm -hmm. place of prosperity. They said we had hoped. We had hoped. <laughs> All yeah. right. That yeah. he would do that. And not knowing that they was talking to the Redeemer while they was making this statement. Mm -hmm. And so and Jesus says, I'm doing exactly what you what you're talking about. Yeah. You just don't realize it. <laughs> and so when we get our hearts prepared for Christmas. It will produce hope for redemption mm -hmm. uh, when things will be uh, 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 God will buy us back and get us back to that place that he wanted us from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, and that's that relationship, that way of living that God has always wanted. And so that's what it can do. And then the fourth thing that getting our hearts prepared for Christmas can way it can produce hope in the human heart is it produces hope for relief and rest. It produces hope for relief and rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, come to me. This is Jesus speaking. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Amen. Jesus is very clear. He says, come Amen. to me. And he had to be born and, and come here in human form in order for him to even come to this place to declare for people to come to him for yeah. rest and relief. Amen. And so when we get our hearts ready um, mm -hmm. uh, for Christmas, it will produce hope for relief 
and rest. Mm -hmm. So we ask this question, C, write this down. What can we do to fill our hearts with hope? Again, as I said earlier, um, the idea here is if I know the season brings hope, then I can uh, make that hope greater in my heart if I start to fill my heart now with hope. So as we get closer and closer to the day of celebration, my hope can be increased and even greater because I have been preparing my heart mm -hmm. with hope. I've been priming my heart mm -hmm. with hope. So that's what I want to submit to you today. Um, that we basically need to start conveying hope right now. Don't wait to the day of celebration to start talking and thinking and, and um, encouraging hope. Do it now. So on the day, yes, your hope will be greater and greater than it was before. And the first thing that we can do, write this down, try to fill someone else's heart with hope. Try to fill someone else's heart with hope. Mm -hmm. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Amen. Okay. See, what this can do, as you guys have mentioned in the chat question, when we look at all the issues and life's problems, when we, we deal with somebody who's dealing with some of those life problems that you listed, mm -hmm. if we try to address their problem in some kind of way that we're able to, then we can help fill their hearts with hope about it. Mm -hmm. um, what it can communicate to them is that life is not all bad. Yeah, that's when, right. When you do something good for someone, especially when there's a need they have, a place in, a, in an area where they're losing hope or an area where they're suffering, it says to them loud and clear, practically, that life is not all bad. Because look what this person has done for me today. Yeah. If, if they're in need of food and you bring them a meal, they mm -hmm. can, it declares to them that it's not all bad. It can make them hopeful about their prospects of eating because you brought them a meal. If they need clothes on their back and, and then you can give them something, then it makes them hopeful about having clothes on their back and being warm. If they need a roof over their head. It makes them hopeful about being out of the weather. It makes them hopeful. It produces hope in their heart when yes. we do good unto others. Amen. And so this that, is the season of giving. And this is the season of giving. Yes. And as it, they, they've said for many years, I'm sure you heard this, I don't know, probably a hundred times. Um, you, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Amen. You can't Amen. love without giving. And Amen. so this is the season of giving, as my wife just said. Mm -hmm. And so we can do good to all people and Produce hope in their heart. Look at what 1 Peter 3.15 says. It says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. I'm going to pause on that for a minute. Mm -hmm. um, because I don't want us to miss this instruction. As we're trying to do good for others and produce um, and, and fill someone else's heart with hope. Mm -hmm. Here in 1 Peter 3.15 is saying, but in your heart, revere Christ as Lord. 
So as you're doing whatever you're doing in your own heart, make sure you're reverencing Christ as Lord. Mm-hmm. And so that all your actions and your deeds and whatever you do is done in light of Christ being Lord. Yeah. And you're you're focusing on that from your heart. Because mm-hmm. you're trying to prepare your heart for Christmas right. as, as you're trying to get someone else's heart prepared. That's right. And then uh, the text goes on and reads. It says, and this is one of the way, one of the outcomes of you revering Christ as Lord mm-hmm. in your heart. Here's one of the outcomes. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So as we revere Christ in our hearts, one of the outcomes ought to be that we are prepared to answer anybody who asks Mm -hmm. why we have hope. Yeah. To give them a reason for the that we have hope. And if you're having trouble giving them a reason, perhaps you're not really revering Christ as Lord in your heart. Hmm. Perhaps you're not prepared for the season. You're not prepared for Christmas. Because the text says we ought to be able. Yeah, we ought to be. To give an answer for why we have hope. Mm-hmm. And we ought to be able to do it gently and respectfully. Mm-hmm. And then in doing so, we can prepare someone else's heart for hope. Yeah, that's good. As you know, the, the greatest thing that we can give is good to give and meet someone's physical need. Mm-hmm. Whatever it might be, we want to do that. But the greater need that we want to be a part of meeting is their spiritual need. Mm-hmm. And that is their need for Christ. Because remember we said earlier that without Christ, you don't really have hope anyway. Right, right. And as Dan and Lori just reminded us, Jesus is the reason. Jesus for the season. is the reason for the season. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so we want to point people to Christ so that they can have true hope. True hope. So we got to be able to give an answer for why we have hope in Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's good. The second thing that we can do to fill our hearts with hope is appreciate Jesus, appreciate Jesus's significance in your life today. Appreciate Jesus's significance in your life today. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 7, 18 and 19 and then verse 22 says this. The former regulations is set aside because it was weak and useless. Speaking of the law, Mm -hmm. uh, verse 19, for the law made nothing perfect Mm -hmm. and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. Okay, so in our life today, I want to pause right here for a second. In our life today, we have a better hope under grace than they had under the law. That's right. That's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have a better hope now that Christ has come, has died and was buried and rose on the third day. We now have a better hope than they had. Mm -hmm. And the text tells us why it's a better hope. See, they were hoping for Christ to come the first time um, in flesh and, and to be with them. And they were looking for a earthly uh, outcome 
to him coming, that the kingdom will return to Israel. So they were looking for him to come and then to change things earthly. Right. But our hope is different than that. That's right. That's why our hope is better. Mm -hmm. And it goes on to tell us in in Hebrews 7, 22, it says, Jesus has come, has become the guarantor of a better covenant. Yes. Yes. Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. So we have a better covenant because our hope is not for uh, a physical and earthly change, but for a spiritual. Spiritual change mm-hmm. for when the incorruptible, the corruptible becomes incorruptible, incorruptible for that. When there's no more pain and no more crying and no more tears and all those kind of things, those are the things that we're hoping for. So we need to appreciate the significance of Jesus's Jesus in our life today in that it provides us a better hope than they had prior to his coming. Amen. We have a better hope. So we can start to to operate in that mindset about this better hope, Mm -hmm. then we will be better off. And that takes us to the third thing that we can do to to fill our hearts with hope. Number three, use Jesus's first coming to ponder his second coming. Yes, yes. Okay, use Jesus's first coming or his first advent to ponder his, his second advent. Yeah. So as we approach Christmas celebration this year, mm-hmm. start to think about also when he's coming again. Yes. Ah, uh, that that ought to blow your mind. It yes. ought to blow your mind. Yes. Okay, because when he comes again, it's gonna be it's gonna it's, things gonna go, gonna go to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. And look what the text says here in First John three chapter three verses two through three. It says, "Dear friends." Now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. Yes. For we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Oh, ain't that good news? Amen. Amen. Ain't that good news? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. That we don't know yes. exactly <laughs> what we will be mm-hmm. um, um, until when he appears. Amen. But the text is telling us we know we're going to be like him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. And, that, and that we're going to be purified like he is purified. Mm-hmm. And see, one of the things that's going to happen is that, as a, the Bible tells us in many places, um, that something's going to happen with, 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 with our bodies is that there's, we're going to, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to go from corruptible to incorruptible. You know, and Jesus said this and 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 break and, that down. Break that down, Nick. Break that down. That means that right now your 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 body is corruptible. You know, mm-hmm. uh meaning it, it's decaying. <laughs> it's deteriorating. Um if 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 you haven't figured that out yet, just keep living. Yeah, hmm. uh, you will, you'll figure out that your body yes. is decaying. You know, see, right now you might have enough hops to dunk a basketball, <laughs> but just wait a little longer. Yeah. Just just wait a little longer. You're going to find out you're going to have trouble touching the backboard, mm. you, you know, maybe even touching the net. And so I heard some old NBA players say, I can still get up and dunk. That's not a problem. The problem is coming down. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. That's what some old NBA players say. <laughs> yeah, I can go up and dunk, <laughs> but it's, it's it's landing on the ground yeah. now. That's the problem. Yeah. All right. And see, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, you know, you can't do them deep knee bends like you used to do. Mm-hmm. That's corruptible. Yes, but when see. Christ returns, we will get an incorruptible body yes. and our bodies won't be decaying. Um, be, they, they won't be able, even be able to decay. Uh, we will have life eternal in our bodies. Um, that it will live forever. And so no more back pains and Mm -hmm. headaches and all that other stuff that come with life today, that will be gone. That's a reason to have hope. That's a reason to have hope. (laughs) That is a reason to have hope, absolutely. And so we should use his first coming as we Mm -hmm. approach Christmas celebration to reflect on, oh, what it's going to be like when he comes again. Yes, yes. And that should give us hope to get through these light afflictions, as the Bible tells Mm -hmm. us that we are, we're going through right now. Mm -hmm. I know it seems bad, but it ain't, it, 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 when you compare it to being, being with God eternally, you compare it to getting an incorruptible body, you compare it to no more crying and no more tears and Mm -hmm. no more pain, Mm -hmm. then it's, it's, it's light. It's light. It's nothing. It's nothing. So this this gives us hope about what life will be about, be about what our future will be with Christ Jesus when he returns. Amen. And we're just here for a short time. And we're just here. Short yes. time, but we're talking about eternity. We're talking about eternity. That's the right. Lord. Amen. 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 And so this, we get our hearts prepared for Christmas. And we can fill ourselves with hope now. So when the day comes, it'll be just that much more better. And in doing so, we need to try to get other people's hearts ready, as we said, for Christmas, so that they can really have hope, not the wishful thinking, but true biblical hope, true expectancy, because they have Christ. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes, and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Thank you for listening.